you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. Season 2 of the Black Tech Green Money Podcast is brought to you by Lexus. Known for celebrating driveway moments for over 30 years, Lexus invites you to create more with exclusive offers on the most popular Lexus models at the December to Remember sales event. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Afrotech 2017, San Francisco, California. Frederick Hudson, co-founder and CEO at Pigeonly, a technology that helps you affordably stay connected with your inmate from any phone, tablet, or computer, is on the Afrotech stage telling the story of how he and his co-founder, Alfonso Brooks, realized the opportunity for improving communications between loved ones and state and federal inmates and found success by leaning into their unique perspective on the world. I'm gonna tell you how we hustled from idea to product market fit. Um, essentially, uh, the idea started with me. I served close to five years in federal prison for distribution of marijuana. Don't feel bad for me, it was lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of marijuana. And, <laughs> you know, um, and it was during that time I saw there's this huge population of people that no one is paying attention to, and we all had the same problem. It was incredibly difficult and super expensive to stay in touch with your loved ones. So while I was in, I used to send them letters like, yo, I got this idea. We're just going, we going to make a million dollars. We're just going to make it real easy for people to send photos and to their levels in prison. No one's really done that yet. So we get to the halfway house. I hit him up. He says, yeah, I'm with it. We take his student loan money. <laughs> we take his student loan money and, and we start building a product. And, you know, I just want to go through some of the steps and some of the things that we learned along the way taking that grand idea that you have in your head to actually get something that has product market fit or more importantly that can get some traction. 
Because early on, I made the, the classic founder mistake. I thought my problem was I needed to get money, I needed to get funding, I needed to get funding, I needed to get funding. I spent a lot of my time chasing dollars. What I realized is if I focus more on the product, all those other things come a lot easier. Whatever you're working on has to be personal or you have to have that strong why to win. For me, it was really personal because I lived it and I had that experience. I knew how it felt to be there. I knew how it felt to, to how important it was and I saw the direct connection between people being able to stay in touch with the loves in the prison and not returning back to prison. There was a direct connection between communication and a recidivism rate. And you need that when those things get out because when it gets funky, and it will get funky, you need that really strong why and that, that real hard desire to win to kind of get you to those moments because shit will go sideways more than you think. You gotta look for your unfair advantage. For me it was, I was there, I understood it, I've been there. I was the best person to fix that problem because I knew what people needed. I knew what they wanted. I knew what the market needed. Sometimes when we, early on we went to our first investors, did our first pitches, uh, people couldn't really wrap their, round or their brain around investing in number one, a black man, number two, a black man that's also a felon that never went to college. So I had to use my unfair advantage of because I knew this market better than anyone else, I was the best person suited to fix and address this problem. Your unfair advantage can't be copied and it can't be bought, it's uniquely yours. Figure out and look internally and figure out what is your unfair advantage or whatever idea or problem that you're looking to solve and leverage that. I'm Will Lucas and this is Black Tech Green Money. I'm gonna introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. As founder and CEO of The Main Choice, Courtney Adelaide built her hair empire to net sales of over 25 million per the last reports we could find from September 2019. The company was acquired by Mav Beauty Brands. Her products are sold in over 20,000 retail stores and boasts a lineup of more than 90 hair treatments and vitamins. I asked Courtney about how to scale a health, hair care, or beauty brand and remain profitable when the consumer is increasingly particular and highly interested in the chemicals involved in making the products. I think it's, it's very important just to stay true to, you know, really where you started. I think, you know, different companies have a different initiative and in how they get to that growth. And a lot of companies say, well, we'll get to that growth by changing the product a little bit, making it more economical. Someone said, well, we'll get to that growth by going international, by doing other things. So for me, it's about staying true to what I, what I started, staying true to my products, and look at those ways to grow that will not just jeopardize or you know, change any type of thing that I started you know, with the actual product itself. So you really got to know your growth strategy, and there's different ways to get there. But you know, changing the product, for me, that was never, that was you know, something that I just wouldn't stand for. When you look at the field of black women and men um, who start off in beauty, health, wellness companies, do you think they go hard enough? Like where, what keeps them from achieving the type of level of success you've achieved in this industry? Generally speaking, do I think they go hard enough? I would, I would have to, unfortunately, I would have to say no. I think for some reason, people think that when you operate on an average level or if you're able to excel um, by just giving average, I think sometimes people think that's enough. But in order to really scale something and take it to the next level, it is going to require blood, sweat, and tears that I've come to the conclusion 
most people are not willing willing to do, you know, or they think that giving normal or average is okay, and it's not. What are some of those mistakes that people cut corners on that keep them from? Like, what are some of the typical things you see? I think some of the typical things, uh, just the initiative. You know, when I say you have to layer things on, I mean, you have to be from a social perspective, you have to be, you know, you have to put yourself out there from a personal perspective, run your personal social media as if it was a business with strategy and timing and when and professionalism. And then on the flip side, you have the business, you have to do the exact same way. So there's a lot of bells and whistles that goes along with it that can be achieved, but you just can't cut corners in regards to like the time. It's 24 hours a day. I have never, since I've been in business, put a do not disturb, I'm out of town (laughs) on my email. You know what I mean? I just never have. I'm going to respond to it or, you know, I'm going to get to it a little bit later, but it's, it's just nonstop. It's always, it's continuous. Now, I, I love that you talked about the personal input, like the personal profiles and et cetera, because I wanted to know, like, how do you build a sellable asset, a sellable brand without becoming so core to it that if you're not the face of it any longer, it no longer works? How do you do that? You got to look at the bigger picture. I think for me, it was always about building a business, build, building businesses and having the ability to actually scale them. You know, so for me, when I work on a project, you know, I never get into it like, okay, I'm about to build this thing to sell. But to be honest, this is how big business goes. Like there's companies that's created strategically. How do we position this thing to sell? But I think for a lot of people, entrepreneurs, it really doesn't work that way because you have to attach yourself from a passion perspective. And if you're constantly thinking, I'm going to sell it one day, it's not going to necessarily do what you want it to do. You know what I mean? So you have to keep your eye on the prize, which is just being passionate about what it is that you're working on. And just, again, just give it, give it your all. Is, is direct to consumer, um, a better opportunity these days to think about like, what, what is the process like to get into retail? Like so many times you hear of companies who spend thousands of dollars getting booths at conventions and traveling to shows to, you know, do the dog and pony show. I, how is it really accomplished to get into retail? Like, how do you set yourself apart when you got I 10 other brands? I think the most, the, the best way to think about getting into retail is to not think about getting into retail. Mm, okay. If you start your business and you're constantly thinking, what can I do to solely get into retail? Retailers are looking for businesses who are actually popping outside of retail. So you have to think about it. These are regular people. These buyers, they're people just like you and me. They're taking a chance on you. This is their job. So if you have not shown that you can succeed outside of retail, because some for some reason people think that when you get on the shelf, oh my God, now the retail is going to take off. They're going to advertise for you. You have to drive your own business. So if you can't survive outside of retail, you won't be able to survive inside. So if you treat your e-commerce website as if it was a legit retail, resources, strategy, finding a team, how to build it, scaling it, making an assessment. You, it's easy to get into retail. They know who you are. The demand is there. People are talking about it. But if you think about it a little bit less and concentrate on your brand, on the growth of your company, then retail is going to be inevitable. It's almost like a DJ. If you got a hot song, he going to play it. That's right. You know what I mean? Like if it's hot, it's hot. 
So you have to focus on making your brand that hot that once a retailer hear it, it's automatic. Like you're coming in here automatically, you know, because we've heard about this brand. The customers are calling. No, I, we're going to come back to um, the main choice, but I do want to talk about, you've got a masterclass now and you're teaching yeah. um, people, you know, all, all across the CPG, uh, particularly maybe health and maybe hair and et cetera, how to do this. What can you give me like the elevator pitch for this masterclass and what they, what people get out of it? I would say what they get out of um, is that one-on-one -on -one giving you what you need that, that's basically different from the next person. I think it was hard for me to say, let me pre-record this stuff and just like sell some type of masterclass. But everybody needs something that's different, something that's customized. I work with people who have no idea how to operate social media. I work with people who have no idea what an EIN and an entity forming an entity is. I work with people who have no concept at all of a business. I work with people who have sold over a million dollars. So there's, it's hard for me to pre-record something and say, well, this is a one-size-fit-all. Success is not a one-size-fit-all. When you look at the route, that journey, every journey is going to be a little bit different. And the only way that I'm able to do that is by me physically sitting down, talking and ask, asking those questions uh, individually, because the, the responses is going to change. It's going to be different across the board. Um, and as I mentioned, you grew up in Detroit and I think about the work that you've done based on your success, like the philanthropy work that you get in, involved in, you know, you started the pay my bill program. Um, mm -hmm. how much of, you know, the work that you do today speaks to where you come from, like being from Detroit. And cause I, I talk about this often being from the Midwest, you know, 45 minutes away from where you grew up. Right. We were so heavily inundated with the manufacturing and automotive and et cetera. Yeah. And at least in Toledo, maybe in Detroit, it was different. We didn't have that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, percolating right. around us. But the people who were successful were successful because they worked at GM or Jeep right. or et cetera. Right. How, how do you see your role as, you know, a role model to, mm -hmm. you know, and the giving that you do as impactful mm -hmm. for people who want to, want to have the kind of success that you've achieved? Um, I would definitely say, you know, one thing about, you know, being from Detroit, even if we didn't have what we consider like that traditional, you know, entrepreneurial leadership, what we did have and what we continuously have, and I think is the same uh, thing with, with where you're from, is that hustle. Yeah. At the end yeah. of the day, we're going to find a way to make ends meet. <laughs> we're going to find a way to feed our family, you know, and I know for sure uh, my foundation being from Detroit, and just not giving up, knowing that there's other opportunities that this door says uh, is closed or if someone says no, there's another opportunity out there. So I may can't do it here, but I can go around you and find someone else. So I definitely believe, you know, having that 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 hustle um, that I grew up in definitely helped achieve to kind of, you know, where I am today. Sure. Yeah. And I read that you were a registered nurse, you know, RN by background, and I imagine you probably didn't imagine then that you would be doing what you're doing today. Like, how does no. that, how do those looking back, how do those steps piece together to, to allow you the success? Um, yeah, I definitely believe having my, my science background. One thing about nursing is we're so well-rounded. Like we have to do science, chemistry, statistics, sociology. Like there's so many things that we have to go through um, just to become a nurse. And sometimes we hear about the nursing shortage out there. It's not really a nursing shortage. It's just that the people who are nurses are not entrepreneurs nah, and they're doing something else. That's good. It's one of the only fields you can go in and the day you graduate and start working, you're now responsible 
or like many people's lives. So you grow up overnight. Now your thinking has to be crisp. You have to be on point. You can't make mistakes. There is no, you a fresh new nurse. We, we're going to allow you room to have a mistake. That's right. Like that's not an option. So I know for sure having my medical background, just understanding, even learning hair from a science perspective, I'm like, can we grow hair? Can black women grow long hair? I've never thought that I can have hair all the way down to my waist. I didn't think it was possible. But as I, I as I started to mature and just really um, just doing research, I'm like, yeah, we can achieve it if we do things a little bit different. So now my science background is kicking in. Now I'm mixing things and, 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 and testing things. I'm like, no, we can grow hair. And to grow my hair from here, all my life as an adult, it's been here to down to my waist, definitely tells me that there's a science to it. <laughs> How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 million black businesses initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. 
Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Season 2 of the Black Tech Green Money Podcast is brought to you by Lexus and the December to Remember sales event. From graduation parades to birthday parties this year, Driveways hosted some new traditions. Here's to celebrating them all. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We all know somebody who started a health and wellness company, whether it be hair care or skin care. And there's a point to where it makes sense for them to make the products in their kitchens. There's also a point to where it makes sense to go big and find a manufacturer. But how do you know which manufacturers or co-packers to trust when the wrong batch can ruin your brand for good? Courtney speaks on it. One thing for me, um, and I could say, you know, different folks, different strokes, when it comes to anything that's like chemical bound, water-based, I have to have that stuff done here. Like when it comes to international, I, I never felt comfortable with necessarily doing any type of chemicals elsewhere. I made this stuff in my kitchen. If someone is going to duplicate it for me on a, on a larger scale, I must have the ability to walk in to see if they're doing the right thing, using the right thing. Nothing is changing, no chemicals, no extra chemicals. And I think it's really about finding the right partner. This is 2020. You literally can Google right now a manufacturer and every one of the, the biggest players in the game is going to pop up. The problem is people don't sit down and do the research and actually interview because at the end of the day, they're working for you now. So I think sometimes we feel a little intimidated, like, oh my God, who do I reach out to? They're not gonna think I'm big enough, but you're paying them. They shouldn't have the, they, they can't change anything without your ability to do so. And fortunately, I was able to pay attention to my e-commerce.com before I really needed to go mass manufacturing because I was able to make a lot of money right at home without necessarily cutting a check to someone else. So when we look at what does it take to actually scale and to lose money, well, by this point, fortunately, I have enough money to start doing testing and making sure the chemists are doing what they're doing. But I ran my company at home for three years. I made $10 million at home. So I'm going to correct the 25 real quick because got to do that. So we hit 100. We hit 100 hey. million in sales. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was able to do a lot of that at home. Like So again, this is why if you don't I hear me it. stress anything, Pay attention to your .com. That is just as vital today as a retailer. It's even more vital today. So, so is it important that these people, women and men, who are building these wellness, hair care, beauty brands, be just as good at the the craft as they are at they at social media and marketing? Like, how how do you do that? That's that's the tough part, and I think that was one of my initiatives for even having like the master classes because I understand that everybody may not have everything. And I can't say I have everything, but one thing about me, when I look to expand my team, I'm looking at the areas where I know are my weaknesses. You know what I mean? So instead of me looking for to hire someone to do what I do, I don't necessarily need that. You, if, you, if you know you're struggling in some areas, and one thing about social media is this, sometimes they scare us people. And they say, well, you know, let me hire a social media manager. I'm like, nope. If you attend my master class, I'm like, no, we're going to learn it because this is the one of the areas that you can do for free. The key is necessarily sometimes not how much money you make, but how much you can keep. 
So if you don't necessarily have to pay extra people to do these things, I want to teach you how to run this thing yourself. And once you start needing some help, at this point, it should be a manpower help because you got so many orders, you physically can't ship them yourself. But for the things that you can do, do I think people can learn them? Yes. Is it, ele- is it going to be harder? Yes. Is it going to take extra time? Yes. So I don't like to you know, tell people, get them like false hopes, like this is so easy. It's not easy, but it is doable. So if I, if I can do it, I'm legit telling you, you can do it too. You can learn how to do it too. Definitely. I'm glad you bring this up because I, I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, with shea butter companies and lotion companies yeah. and hair companies and et cetera. And I'd like you to speak to like knowing your numbers a little bit, because like, yeah. how do you price in early? How do you get to figuring out what those unit costs are? Like, what does it cost right. to make one bottle? Right. That is such an interesting uh, conversation and topic because it's the number one pain point when I do the master classes. I ask somebody their cost. Most people can't answer it. How much does it cost you to make this this product? Or they'll tell me, oh, it's this. I'm like, wait a minute. Are we talking about the top, the bottle, the lid, the ingredients? And they're like, okay, well, yeah, okay, let me add the, but wait a minute. Who shipped this stuff? Did it ship from there to you? And who paid for the shipping? Why pay for it? Well, you have to put the shipping cost in there. So if you don't know your numbers, if you don't price your stuff right, I've seen it once and I, I would definitely say that is one of the leading causes why people cannot scale their company. There are some people out there who have good products, good services, but their stuff is not priced right. And they're like, oh my God, I legit had $10,000 in sales this month, but I have $0 in my account. How? Your numbers is not right. You can't even afford to run a sale if you wanted to. You can't even give 25% off. You can't get free shipping if your numbers is not priced where it's supposed to be. So I think that's 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 definitely up there as number one. There's no one. Season two of the Black Tech Green Money podcast is brought to you by Lexus. For over 30 years, Lexus made driveways the place to celebrate with the December to Remember sales event. Find exclusive offers on popular Lexus models now through January 4th. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. So does it require um, building a CPG company, a consumer packaged good company? Does it require venture funding? How how can you bootstrap this? No, I think nowadays I like I got a philosophy that says grow as you go. That means you can go out there on social media. You can, and this is why it's important that I teach how to run social media and grow it because these are quote unquote free ways to market. If you make a dollar, and this is one thing I was always committed to for years, every dollar that I made, I put it right back into my company. Reinvest the If you spend $5,000 to build your company, and let's say you've, you've had $4,000 worth of sales, well, you still haven't made any money yet. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you spent five. So that, again, that's, that's, that's the tough part. But can you grow as you go? You don't necessarily have to get funding. You don't. And one thing I always say, especially African-Americans, we don't need funding. We need support. That's what yeah. we need. We need support. And I think if you have a good connection with your consumer, which is one thing that's top of, of my priority, 
I'm going to make sure I give a good product, make sure I ship on time, make sure I'm transparent. If there's any hiccups along the way, you have to be transparent with your consumer. We have, we all have them. I never ask for someone to give me a pass or I need two weeks to get this product to you. If there's a hiccup, I'm going to come to you directly as the owner. We've had a hiccup. This is how I'm going to resolve it. And when you do that, no one can, they, they can't help but to respect that and appreciate it and support you. So do you have to have funding? You don't. You just need to really learn communication and relationships. <laughs> and I think that's key. Love it. Love it. Um, there's a company, I won't mention their name, but you'll know who I'm talking about. Um, they were recently sold about a year or two ago and they put, they were a black company, put a okay. white, put a white woman in an ad. And it yeah. kind of set their audience off. Like, you know, black people are particularly black women are really, really loyal. Gotcha. Um, but right. they, but they put a white woman in an ad after they had been sold. And as, as, as companies grow, how can they grow without risking that loyalty from being jeopardized? Like, is there enough market inside black communities with black products where we don't have to look at other demographics? Well, it's, it's a twofold. First of all, I'm going to say, obviously this is a very, it's a very uh, sensitive topic. Let me just say, let's start off by saying that. Two, I would say, someone always told me, you always want to begin with the end in mind. And you don't know what that necessarily is. The very first ad that I created when I started out had a black lady and a white lady on the ad. My very first ad. I didn't know what the future held. For me, it was about healthy hair, not necessarily a certain demographic. I'm African-American, so of course, I'm going to get more African-American support, right? I think the problem happens is when you do something abruptly, out of the blue, never done it before, and it's like, where, where did this come from? Now, it's already sensitive, even if you haven't. Even, even <laughs> me having on the ad day one is still sensitive. But on the business side, I, I would like to flip it and say this. I think sometimes people... Generally speaking, I'm going to have to sympathize a little bit with the beauty industry because I think they go a little bit hard on the beauty industry. When you take entertainment, when you go to these concerts and you see these tickets, let's say these tickets, you know, they, our best entertainers who we love, who's at the concerts? Is it just who's Who are they selling to? I have yet seen a billion dollar company that's not diverse, that doesn't sell to more than one, one demographic. I don't care who, what color the owner is, I have yet to see it. Entertainment, liquor, you name it. But I think what happens is, and which, which, which is cool because I love the beauty industry. I think we're really passionate when it comes to the beauty industry, especially hair care. Hair care, you know they're not giving us no passes. <laughs> They're not giving us no passes. They're like, we we we'll lighten up cosmetic, we'll go a little bit entertainment, clothing, but hair care, uh, it's, it's touchy. Obviously, it's it's, it's a very touchy, and I get it. I, at the end of the day, I'm I am my consumer before anything. And I think if a person know me, they know my initiative, they know what I stand for, they know my track record, I think it speaks for itself. Um one thing about in business, if you think about it. What's really a slap in the face, and one thing I say about African-American people, two things, what our strength is we're passionate. Our weakness is we're passionate. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
But um, but no, no, no. Like I said, it's it's the, the beauty. It's it's a very touchy. It's it's very touchy. Um, and only thing you can do is give your true, authentic self. And again, I think my track worker, you know, basically speaks for itself. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech, and it's produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Raven Earbore. A special thank you to Micah Davis and Sakara Savan Young, you know, like the wine, and yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Go get your money. Peace and love. You dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.